Happy Friday, everyone. We have a jam-packed show the remainder of the way. Dr. Crane coming up in about 15 minutes from now. We have this week's edition of Bag of Audio. Yeah. We have a Jalen Hurts flush at poll. We have a Friday snack. We have John Holcomb. We have Dusty Dvorak. I'm Colby Daniels, along with Jeremy Poplin, Scott File in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio, and Deanna Mate hanging out this afternoon as well. I guess we better jump right into some of these headlines, and we can start with a conversation we had yesterday about Ted Roof and Oklahoma mutually parting ways. Uh, we had this conversation yesterday afternoon. We had it with Dusty, and, I mean, a couple hours after we sign off the air, I mean, maybe not even that long, uh, we get the, the breaking news that Oklahoma is planning on bringing in 29-year-old Jacksonville State defensive coordinator Zach Alley as its new D.C., a guy that Brent Venables uh, basically tutored, right, at Clemson. He did, and it answers the question that we had off the get-go yesterday, which was clearly with the ease and the speed that this decision was made, that this has been in the process now behind the scenes for, for quite some time. We just don't know in the true terms of length, but I don't think any of us expected, unless it was agreed to prior that they would elevate someone that was on the staff already into that position and they were just going to keep it to themselves until they felt like that the decision was made. But I don't know if any of us thought that by the time that we got to, what, 7 o'clock last night, that reports and leaks would already be out there that it is indeed Zach Alley who's going to come in and take over that position, someone that Venables has a familiarity with who knows the scheme fit that – Brent likes to use whether it's the 30 front or a variety of other other multiple defenses that he that he uh, has run in the past and is kind of a Brent Venables clone even if you listen to him in his cadence and the way that he speaks you're like all right this is a little mini BV running around out there and the first thing that people brought up was that dude's only 29 well listen I think that we're to this point now in football where one, you, Brent Venables is still not completely handing the keys over to the kingdom. That's still BV's defense that he's doing. Now, the big question becomes, how much of this is actually BV pulling back on the reins after the self-scouting to say, hey, maybe I can pull back a little bit here and be more of a CEO here with bringing in Alley. But it's not like he's just going, all right, my hands are completely off of the defense now. You're still bringing in someone that's young, that's fiery, that you mentored, that is your, you tutored this guy to be a mini you, and you have a comfort level with him coming in now. Man, think I of- don't look at this in any way as him handing over any of the reins. Like mm-hmm. the fact that you're hiring, no matter what the familiarity is, right? The fact that you're hiring a guy that was just the defensive coordinator at Jacksonville State to OU in your number one of your transition to the SEC just doubles down for me the confidence that Brent Venables, if anything, is going to be more hands-on with the defense. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, you have to think about the landscape of college football right now and why he went so young. Because this is a great move, in my opinion, for the Oklahoma program. Because Venables is going to 
take control of this defense like he has this last season and going forward. But what you need is a guy who understands the landscape of college football and how much it's changed recently. You see all the old guys and all the older coaches kind of getting out because they're like, man, this this stuff is crazy, bro. What the, the transfer portal, recruiting our guys, recruiting high school players. You want somebody young, energetic, that's still hungry to go out there and hunt so he can do the defensive stuff, but he can kind of relate to the players because this new generation of football players that's coming into college football, these these older coaches, it's kind of harder for them to understand these individuals, and you're getting a guy who's closer to their age that can kind of translate between the two generations. I think it's a great move. Well, everyone always forgets, too, about what the age some of these guys were when they when they broke into coaching or when they got a, their first opportunity. Like 29 may seem like being young to a lot of people on that, but you can point back to other individuals that might even be head coaches now that might have had their first opportunity with a co-title dropped on them. We've got to stop looking past that. It's the same, it's the same concept to me that when someone is hired from the high school ranks and they move up to a position coach and you hear a fan maybe say something like, that guy's coaching high school. Now he's going to be here. You are missing out on some of the best coaches in America are coaching high school football, and they get opportunities to prove themselves on the collegiate level. But not only this, I mean, it, this this dude has had success everywhere that he's been, whether it's been at Boise, uh, whether it's been at ULM, whether it's been at Jacksonville State. And I saw Jacksonville State at play against the University of Tulsa when Rich Rod was wearing his shorts on the sidelines like he does the entire time. Um, I, I saw them, and that that's a good team. That's a really good team. And the numbers speak to how good that they've been on the defensive side of the ball. So not only did he mentor him, but he had the opportunity to go out on his own, and his coach said a variety of different levels of football now, and has this tag that's placed on him, and now he gets to prove it in one of the best conferences in the country and have – some of the best talent that you could potentially have, and also throw your hat into the ring of recruiting at one of the highest profile spots in the entire country. I just think that this is a hire that speaks to Brent Venables doing what Brent Venables wants with that defense and having somebody as an extension of himself to carry out what he wants to carry out, right? Like mm-hmm. this guy is it knows Brent Venables and knows what Brent wants out of this defense and is yes. probably going to do his bidding, if you will, better than probably 99% of the defensive coordinators that you could have hired for this role. But, you know, for people that were suggesting that the Ted Roof departure was, you know, a big deal and, you know, the defense was going to be changing and maybe with whatever this hire looked like, maybe Brent was going to be stepping back. Like, I, I don't think anything that has happened – would would suggest that to me at all. In fact, I would just simply say, like, I don't I don't think anything changes really. No. Like, it's just going to continue on, and you you would expect that another year, uh, they they make more progress on that side of the football. But it's still Brett Venables' defense at the end of the day. I think you just have probably more continuity between him and those defensive assistants nearly across the board at this stage than you than you had previously. This is Venable's version of this is his sergeant or sergeant major. And it's like, you right. know what, he's going to step right. right in line and do the orders. He's going to do what I want him to do. Exactly. Yeah. I know this is the football player inside of me talking right now, but does any – like, and I just went through his kind of his, his bio mm-hmm. at Jackson State, and, I mean, he 
was a assistant as a freshman in 2011. Yes. And then went on to, you know, graduate in 2014 and he got his postgraduate and then he he played it in high school, never played collegiately. Does I mean, I know this is a question outside the box and something that I'm kind of like diving into detail-wise, but does that leave anybody else concerned that he didn't really play at the college level? No. At no, being, no. Did Andy Reid didn't play. I mean, a, a lot Mike of Leach people, didn't play. Yeah. Lincoln Riley didn't. I mean, yeah. he, so I, it's just A lot of these guys, Dion, they might have had the dream. They might have had the dream. Like, Because if I'm not mistaken, like – uh, what's the background on Sean McVay? Like those guys. I mean, sometimes the guys that aren't playing learn the game more than people that are actually playing, right? Because if you're playing, you're probably learning what you do as opposed to maybe the game as a whole at a, at a much deeper level. I mean, right? he jumped in during the heyday of Clemson yeah. and was learning, like, give me another example besides at Bama with Saban behind the scenes where you're learning and watching a program before your eyes turn into a dominant force in a sport, essentially turn themselves into a blue blood or close to it in a span of about 10 years. You were there yeah. for seven of them. Like You're not going to get better first-hand experience from a coaching perspective than that. I Yeah, I don't – some people might have an issue with that. I, I, I never had at all. Um, and if you do, just then you're you clearly blinded you're by what this situation is, right? Explain. Again, re- regardless of what you think about what he's going to do, this is Brent Venable's defense. <laughs> yeah, can't lie about that, though. I mean, he, he, I, I was just the only reason I brought that to the to the attention because some people, especially big, you know, old school football players, are just like. You turn from player yeah. to coach to foreman. But there is – Not I mean, all of those guys. Just because you played doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. It, it doesn't at all. And then the, some of the best players are some of the worst coaches because they don't do a great job of explaining what they could yeah, do right. and how you're supposed to do it. So, well, and sometimes you're only looking at it from the point of view that you had as a player. Like if you're a defensive guy, you're probably viewing the game more as a defensive-minded – like it, I, I think that – you can make the argument that no matter what your view of the game is and what your background is, that it could potentially work for and against you where, you know, this guy hasn't played. He doesn't have like a built-in bias toward like the defensive view or the offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I know ex- exactly what you're, what you mean. Like but- I, you can just make those arguments. I think in general, no matter what the situation is, but my point overall is regardless of how you feel about that, like this is Brent Venable's defense. This isn't like Brent bringing this guy in and saying, "Hey, I, I'm. This is your defense now. You're calling it, and I, I've got to go worry about you know the offense and CEO stuff." No, this he's is a level still, of trust. This is his, this is what this is. The, that's right. He the, found someone that he trusts. Adding a member to the circle of trust. The thing that I kind of want to push off the table and really get people to think about is just because of his age, 29, that he's not equipped to handle this situation at the University of Oklahoma because there's been so many guys. Going back to what you said, Pop, it's not about how old you are. It's how much experience you have. And you're talking about all these young guys that have rose into the ranks and being head coaches and being big-time you know, DCs and, and coordinators. And all those guys, 
started at a very young age in this football world. Yeah, but th- and I, I, I'm kind of curious to know if he scenario. comes from a, like a football family coaching-wise. But it's the scenario, though, right? Who, if 29, 30, at that point, like it's to Colby's point, it's still Venable's defense is, is what it is, if you're hung up on the age thing. I don't think a ton of people are on this, by the way, because right. most people trust in Brent Venables with the staff that he's been able to build so far. So, but the scenarios are different. It would be different if this was a hire of, let's just say your head coach was an offensive-minded and came from an offensive-minded system and background and hired a super young coach that didn't have a whole lot of experience in running a defense at all and just said, all right, here's the keys. Right here, here's the keys. I'm going to do me. I'm going to call plays offensively. You take care of the defense. Like, that's a completely different scenario than what right. this kid's landing in. But right. playing but playing devil's advocate here. I mean, because he's got Coach Hall that's there, who was thought to be a guy that they were going to elevate up to it. That's right. He's got Todd Bates that's there that has experience. That's my point. Jay Valai, right, who's another that's my point co-defensive right, coordinator. That's my point right there, though, to play devil's advocate. This is a guy who's younger than all those individuals that you guys just listed off. And essentially, with that title, he's in charge of all of them. I know you're saying it's Brent well, Venable's defense. they have two defense. other co-defensive I'm, coordinators. Yeah, Dion. they do. They have two other ones. So, what so is, there, there are now like, three, there's three, three members of that defensive staff that have that label. Valai has co-coordinator. Bates has co-coordinator. And now you bring in the D.C. So, yeah, they kind of share in responsibilities. And, Wait, time and out. Time technically, out. it's four because Wait. you could consider Venable's the other. No, right. Set. See, no, 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 no. Now and we're... Brandon Hall is probably as much involved in the defense as any of them. Can you so... have more than two <laughs> co-coordinators? That... Dion, that's just a that's just a way to get around maybe like scale of pay. Right. Seems, sounds like too many hands in the kitchen, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like it's not because Brent Venable's is not. the defensive coordinator. Yeah. The title is irrelevant in this situation. It would be like if, and I used this reference yesterday, if Lincoln Riley, and I don't know if he does or doesn't, but if Lincoln Riley has an offensive coordinator, that's irrelevant, right? But who's running the meeting room? Because it's Lincoln Riley's offense, and he's calling the plays. But who, when, when, when Venerables is out doing what head coaches are having to do from time to time and you know, shaking hands and kissing babies and stuff like, who's running the defensive meeting room? Probably this guy. It sounds like a combination of three different. But, that, that, but give, yeah, depending on the circumstance. That and and that's where I get a little concerned. If you have three guys that are essentially, and I say this with air quotes, well, listen, co-coordinators, might, and then now you're looking they, at the twenty nine. Everyone there knows that it's BV though. You might ultimately get lucky and be right at some point but i mean this will only be year three and the the at least the improvement that we saw from year one to year two from them defensively would at least give you at least some form of hope that they're on to something here with what they have but the big test is still coming up next year the biggest jump is from year one to year two i don't know if you're expecting another leap like that i don't well, know if i you didn't can ask yeah i don't know statistically on anything like that but well some of this is right also direction. personnel related right like one thousand personnel has to improve to i think to get to another level but yeah clearly just i i think the the defense in general improved a lot from that last is year correct i don't know guys three co-defensive coordinators is they, they have one defensive coordinator in reality. Do they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they do.
It's Brent Venables. <laughs> like that's Brent Venables is their defensive coordinator. All right, we've got to take a timeout. I'm Colby Daniels, along with Jeremy Poplin, Deanna Mate hanging out, and Scott File on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. We will have a visit with the doc, Dr. Crane, next here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.